0: And you feel it? <laughs> good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome to LFC Talk at Hotel Tia. Today, um, we've got a fine group of gentlemen with us. Peter Houghton, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm okay, thanks, yeah. 6-0, yeah. smiling. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean,
1: I don't know, Leeds, the penalties killed them, didn't they? And, you know, I thought they were doing okay for the first five minutes, <laughs> and then they just collapsed, didn't they? But you know, it's they the only know one way to play, don't they? And uh, I think they're in, they're in trouble now. Leeds, you know, but Liverpool were just—it was almost like a pre-season friendly for Liverpool, I thought. And it was second half, especially. It was like operation: don't get injured for Sunday.
0: And also Operation let another goal-scorer on the goal-scoring sheet for Liverpool. 19 goal-scorers this season, David Fairclough. What does that tell you about this club and this year?
2: Well, I think that's something that we've needed to add to the team, the fact that um, we get goals from everywhere. And um, I think it's been not so much a frustration of mine, but I think Liverpool teams of the past always had every outfield player contributing to scoring goals and that's been something that I think we've we've lacked down the, down the years so it's nice that you know that you see the centre-backs getting on the score sheet because um, I think they get themselves into good positions um, but they haven't been able to to make it count I mean when you think of the size of Matip and uh, uh, Van Dijk they should be uh, threatening goals more often I think and um, so it was nice it was nice to see Um Uh, I think already I've been with somebody this morning who who likened uh, Matip to an Alan Hansen type uh, performance last night. I don't think, uh, you know, well, it's hard to actually uh, compare to it to somebody like Alan because he was so immense. But uh, but certainly it's great to see the centre backs. On the score sheet, I think it's a healthy sign, and I, I exact, go a lot go along with Peter. That's like exactly how the game was. I mean, rather like a practice game, it was more like a, a bit of a testimonial in the, uh, the second half. Uh, when you think of it, the fact that it finished six nil, there was like 20 minutes in the second half that felt like a bit of a non-event. Really, it was a bit, a little bit too uh, lethargic. But uh, yeah, great nil, uh, great six nil.
0: But into all of that, near Rousseau, um, I have to give credit to the Leeds fans because they kept singing till the bitter end. That's what supporters should do, or what?
3: Yeah, they were brilliant. I think, yeah, they have one of the best crowds in England. If you've seen their uh, home game against United, the atmosphere was electrifying. Like, um, to be honest, I have to say, I wish, I wish we had a bit more of that in Anfield because. It's been a bit quiet lately.
0: Yeah, hasn't it, guys? Hasn't it been a little bit quiet lately? Are um, we getting spoiled no, with
1: all those goals? I, I, I don't know. You know, no. I mean, against um, against Norwich, I think it was pretty loud in the second half. Yeah, it built, was, it built up. I think when, if we go one behind, I think people are waiting for a bit of opposition, aren't they? And if we went one nil behind and then the crowd really rallied, they did. I know Klopp gets frustrated a bit, but, you know. Uh, the crowd really got loud, and I was—I wasn't in my usual spec, And the cop was in the uh, the Cameron Road. I don't call it the Kenny Douglas Cumlin mm-hmm. Road, mm-hmm. and um, it was—it v- was pretty loud. I thought in the second half. So it de- just depends if it's a stroll in the park like against Leeds. You know, I think the crowd do tend to uh, just take it for granted. You know, but uh, I don't think it's a new thing. I remember taking uh, the late great John Peel. So i when Brighton beat us in the FA Cup in the eighties, mm-hmm. nineteen eighty-three I think yeah, it was. Yeah. Maybe I think Jimmy Case might have scored. Yeah, like a, did. But anyway, John Peel turned up with a BBC crew recording the match and he was going, Peter, where's the songs? Where's the crowd? And it was a similar thing then. After years of success, it was like impressos you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and like if you go behind. That's when the crowd rallies, you know. That,
2: that, that really is true, what Pete says. I think um, and sometimes it, it, it's annoying. And, and last night we commented on it actually sitting there. It is annoying. You get some of these crowds come in and sort of, you know, they seem to sing the same song. They, they, they throw the same line against Liverpool fans. But what they don't know is for most of the teams that come, the crowd don't really get warmed up because it, they're not that strong and not that threatening. The crowd really just wake up. Maybe that's, is it right, is it wrong? Uh, They only wake up when they feel they really need to... To actually show a little bit, you're right. Uh, second half against Norwich, the crowd really warmed up when they felt the cra- you know the crowd needed it. Uh, the crowd and uh, the team needed a little bit of uh, assistance. Um, so unless you're a big powerful team and you come to Anfield, you don't really get the full treatment. So it kind of comes across as a little bit sort of like toned down a little bit. But I, I would agree. It's- I, I think the fans have been the fans are great. I mean, yeah. there's no two ways about it. The fans. Um, yeah. They haven't been silent. I mean, no. I, don't, I wonder whether I that Anfield. I wonder whether Anfield actually carries the atmosphere in a way that it did. Whether mm. it's got a little bit too big, and sometimes I don't know how the. I don't know. The it's acoustics like, of it, The acoustics. Yeah, yeah. Whether or not it really carries down to the Anfield Road end. I mean, we sit in the middle and we hear a bit from either from either end. Yeah. But I mean, I wonder whether or not each end can actually hear themselves.
1: Yeah, but I think if you look back to you know um, nights. Which people recognise as great Anfield nights, like the San Etienne night, and then Chelsea 2005. It was because we're, it was co- it was like Chelsea in 2005, especially the crowd were amazing, mm. right? And that was because these were supposed to be Mourinho's unbeatables, mm. and that's when the crowd went right. We'll have this now. So it depends. I think you know, you go one or two. Say we went two 0 behind to to Man United. You did an atmosphere then. I'm telling you, you know.
0: And then yeah. not to forget the Barcelona game, the semi-final,
2: exactly. second leg. You know, yeah. Leicester, yeah, exactly. Leicester um, uh, recently in the League Cup before Christmas, 2-0 uh, down. They were fantastic. Yeah. It, was like, it was like a European night because uh, there was the need. It was all-together type thing and you got it from all around the ground. It was, ama- it was amazing. Yeah, yeah, Actually, Leicester, yeah. um, I remember saying it was, it was really a bit of a throwback um, considering it was only a Carabao Cup game. It was, it was yeah.
1: huge. One of the best atmospheres as well, which doesn't get mentioned a lot, is Ogs Liverpool in the early 90s. Yeah. And there was only probably you know, less than 30,000 there. But the noise they generated. You know? I think it's also the demographics. You know, If you've got more young... Like you look at the cop and the photographs from years ago, especially the 60s when it's a swaying mass of people. The age of them. The teenagers are all early 20s you know you don't get that demographic now in the cup where I go I'd say the average age would be about 40 or 50 who the type who've seen everything we've seen everything you know impress you know yeah. <laughs> so that's it yeah I think
0: but I think it will be fun um, when we're going to Wembley on Sunday um, because I am in no doubt that even though we're going to uh, Chelsea's uh, city <laughs> to play obviously not their ground I think we will out sing them or what Near, what do you think
3: um, yeah Wembley is always a a fun day I would say um I've been to the League of Final against City and it was amazing atmosphere um all day long um outside the stadium, thousands of Reds always fun um yeah, I have an unpopular opinion to say about this game, <laughs> and you might kick me out of the room after um we have a lot of fixtures right now. I think we have like eight or seven games in 20 days. And I think that's the last important fixture we have. I'd rather win Norwich in the FA Cup. I'd rather win every league game we have. I'd rather win Inter. So I'm not sure that I want to see our strongest side play. That's uh, a controversial yeah, statement. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's brave. And into that,
3: I would say I think players like uh, Minamino, Kala, um, maybe um, the youngsters who played throughout this competition deserve to have some minutes on the field. Mm-hmm
2: yeah well I think you did pre us but uh, it is controversial um, but we do we do we do we do cup finals well uh, and Liverpool fans this this time round I mean we know because tickets are really scarce so it's great to be back at Wembley and uh, I think we're really going to make our presence felt which we always do for finals Liverpool Liverpool fans are magnificent at finals um but I think it's a it's a huge game and um to get silver you know to get a bit of silver in the cabinet yeah. I think is uh, is all is all important and knowing Jürgen the way that we do I think he will be fiercely competitive about uh, Saturday it won't be a Sunday it won't be a case of letting the day go to waste I mm. think it's going to be yeah. um, I would be very surprised if we don't go full strength I really I really would be surprised um, there's rumours that Kelleher might play but I mean I don't know I, I'd have my um, Personally, I, I, I think Allison has to play and um, I wouldn't be surprised if we go full strength. Mm.
0: Because, I mean, David, we're now back in the situation we had when you were playing, really. We're still competing for four trophies uh, at the end of February. And uh, I know you've said before that winning creates winners. So the more you win, the, cr- the greater momentum you get to win other things. Do you think we are in that sort of situation now that if we can pinch this... this Trophy on Sunday, it will roll on towards the Champions League, the League Battle, the FA Cup.
2: Well, you know, winning is a great habit to have, and um, we've seen one or two teams, you know, who've won the League Cup, or even largely City. They go on to better things. It's a nice time of year to to be successful. It just puts you on that little bit of a roll. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's going to be a huge boost. Uh, I wouldn't use the word pinch. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. It was, it was only you joking. I know, I know, I know, I know. But uh, I think, uh, I think uh, we're in a great time. We're in a great time at the moment. It's, it's uh, the, the club's on a crest of a wave, mm. and um, it would be a huge boost to to wrap that up uh, at the weekend. Um, so, uh, you know, it's
1: uh, a, a springboard, really, isn't it? And Liverpool always used to treat it as that. You know, even even though the fans never treated it, I mean, Evertonians used to say Mickey Mouse Club and all that. You know, a lot of Liverpool fans felt the same, but it was always good to get that trophy uh, in the cabinets, isn't it? And then look forward to you know the the major trophies. But uh, against Chelsea, obviously, because it's Chelsea, it means more because they are you know European champions, aren't they? Uh, And up until you know um, up until no December looked as if they were gonna be challenging for the uh, for the title. I and mean, they fell off a bit recently, but you know, I think of probably down to a few injuries, you know, which happens to every club, doesn't it? But you know, I think losing the two full backs, that was the way they played, wasn't it? The reliance upon the full backs, you know, it's it's like if we lost uh, uh, Trent and Robbo, it would affect our game, I think, you know. So I think uh, it's the right time to play Chelsea, I think. I think. But they still
0: look like they are in great form, sorry David, because they, they just won against Lille on, in the Champions League on Tuesday, they've won their last two Premier League matches, so they are sort of picking up again, I think, a little bit. Um, what are our chances?
2: Oh, massive chances, I think, if, uh, I mean, the bookmakers don't make many mistakes, but they, they have us as favourites, and, and rightfully so, I think, uh, against Lille this week, Uh Lille maybe we're, were weak opposition by comparison. I mean there's no there's no denying Chelsea have quality and strength. Um, so that was a kind of a I don't know, it was a gimme for, for, for Chelsea I think it was a, a, a bit of a stroll really I don't think they played their best I think they've got one or two little problems as well I mean I know uh, Lukaku was featured in the headlines over the last uh, week or two um, I don't think he's he's turned out to be the sign and no. I think initially people thought that it would make the difference to Chelsea uh, initially okay yeah there was that little fear factor I think that's subsided now and I think Chelsea are a vulnerable, they're de- definitely beatable. Our, our best team will, can beat any team in the country, no, no question, even in Europe. So um, I, I think if we hit form, then we, we can we can beat them. But they have a bit of strength and know-how at the back. And that is, their, mm-hmm. that is their, perhaps their strength for me.
1: Mm-hmm. It's the Lukaku enigma, really, isn't it? They don't really know how to play him. And I think what I said before about the full-backs, I think that's affected how they play. Uh, it was Lukaku holds the ball up well, doesn't he? he? He's good in the air, he's strong, and maybe um, the supply is gone from there. You know, so they don't really know how to play Lukaku at the moment. Um, in terms of, as De- David was saying, our best team on on its on its day. You know, I put them against anyone. You know, I put them against uh, uh, you know, Chelsea, City, anybody. You know, um, at Wembley. You know, um, I don't know. You know, it's. It, I think. Players like Thiago are just gonna have, you know, he'd be like a duck in water at Wembley. Only he was spraying the ball around. Him. But, you know, I just love so watching well him as a player. He's like a ballerina, isn't yeah. he? The way he moves, it's just, it's so graceful, isn't it? I think if we if we play our strongest team, uh, I think I think we've got a great chance of lifting a trophy.
0: When we look back on all the uh, times to Wembley, I mean, there's a reason why we called it Anfield South. We've been there a few times uh, over the years. What is your favourite trip to Wembley of all times, Peter?
1: Oh, it's, uh, it's a difficult one. It's, it's got to be 86 when we beat Everton. It's got to be. Uh, it's an absolutely fantastic occasion, fantastic day. I always remember the crowd singing Merseyside before the match, you know. Mm. And you, you put that on Twitter and social media, and people dispute it, and that. And then you find the clip on YouTube and just play it because that did happen, you know. Uh, and Everton, the first half were a better team, you know. And um, I think there was a great save by Bruce Grobola, which kept us in the game and going 2 0 down, I think. And then then we equalised. And then we, we, as soon as we equalised, we dominated the game. And I, I think to beat, I mean, the Milk Cup final was the first derby cup final in 84 but it was a nil nil drab affair um the replay was okay uh me and Rose, you know but i'd, I'd say 86 yeah uh, i did go as a youngster to the 74 one with newcastle but i couldn't appreciate it that much you know uh, i was only young and i didn't re- you know 86 we all met in a pub in london one of my mates ran a pub he's a scouser but he ran a pub at expert market Liverpool and Everton fans all met in this pub, like three, 400 of us, all got the train together. And it was a good occasion, great occasion, and then to beat them, you know, in, in, in that manner. And especially when you see Rush's goal, which hits the camera, it's just iconic, isn't it, you know?
0: <laughs> We've touched on this before in the podcast, David, but um, can you remind us, what is your favourite uh, Wembley final?
2: Well... <sighs> It will be the European Cup final ultimately, '78, because you know I played in it. I'd played at Wembley a few other times, uh, but nothing as big as the uh, the European Cup final. Um, so you you can't sort of and uh, never get over I'll never get over that. That will live with me, you know, all my life. Uh, so that's amazing. But like Pete said, I mean, I remember fondly the '86 game. Uh, I came home from, I'd been playing abroad, so. I came and went down with some pals and stuff. I remember being on the underground and, and being there with Liverpool and Everton fans. Uh, it was amazing, and that, that was that was that big that un, unity thing was was something that you you know, it will never be repeated. Even the the spirit that, that it was played with. I think even that, that rivalry that has come in probably since then uh, between Liverpool and Everton, it'll never be as friendly as that was. That that was something very very special, and you made you proud to be a Merseyside, you know, a, a Liverpudlian you know from merseyside um so that i remember that and i remember 74 but i i go back as a nine year old i went to the world cup final in 66
1: oh my god um, so uh
2: so i mean next to uh next to playing in 78 i mean i I remember that day going in in 66 i was nine years old with my dad and uh you know very few people i think uh, i haven't met anybody who was younger than me that went to uh went to the 66. Oh, tell uh, us,
0: what was it like? What do you remember? Well, I not goosebumps just you saying this.
2: Was yeah. it over the line? <laughs> was it over the line? You know what? I've said this before to, to, to Roger even, uh, God, God rest his soul. Um, uh, but I wish he'd put the ball over the... Because, I mean, I was a huge Roger Hunt fan. So the fact that he, he allowed the ball to bounce and then turn round, I mean, most people have turned round and said, well, Roger Hunt said it was over the line. It was over the line because anything Roger Hunt said, hey, you take is, is done. But uh, I wish he'd put the ball over the line. I wish he'd put it over, made sure and put it over. Uh, but that, that was the nature of the man. Yeah. Um, but um, we had we had tickets and it's a great story how I ended up going there so but I'd be here all day. Uh, oh, we need but we had uh, but, but we had great seats we were directly opposite where the where the queen was sitting. Um, and uh, and you know I've great memories of uh, Alan Ball running up and down in front of us for most of the second half. Um, but I, yeah, I remember bits and pieces of the, you know the game. I remember the, them taking the lead and obviously um, uh, equalising. Uh, I remember the, then you know we were worried about whether or not we were going to get on, uh, get away from the stadium um, uh, initially at the end of it, 90 minutes, and they equalised right before the right before the 90 minutes. So that that sort of I remember all of, I remember all those things. Um, Did you go on the train? yeah went on yeah, the train yeah, yeah. with my dad and, uh, on the way home um on the way home because we uh, we we jumped on the train but we ended up sitting we had seats in the uh, in the, the carriage that had been reserved for the Liverpool players they had little old they had little uh, white things on saying reserved for Liverpool Football Club, um, so but all, the players who went down probably you know from the uh, the 60s the 60s team probably stayed back for some sort of uh, sort of celebration afterwards. Yeah. So we got at least we got a seat on the way back yeah, home, brilliant. which was uh, which was good. But it was a great uh, great great day. I mean, I remember walking up Wembley Way uh, before the game. Uh, it was it was a sunny warm day on uh, at that point. It got a little bit drab uh, initially, but walking up Wembley Way as a as a little kid and uh, with my dad and you know he bought me a pepsi cola it was pep- a pepsi a can of pepsi i'd never seen it i'd never seen like a a pint can of pepsi uh, up to that. Yes. Uh, that but i never i don't think i ever had one again but uh, it was uh, yeah I, I got loads and loads massive memories of uh, of 66 it was something you know what it was a once in a lifetime
0: no wonder you are obsessed about football. you got that experience so yeah. young. Mm, yeah. What a day in history for mm. the British football. Um, can you try to explain to us the feeling, because Wembley is such a massive, massive stadium, yeah. and I just can't even imagine the pressure of performing mm. on a pitch around about that many people what is that like is that something that scares most players or is that mm. something that drives you on
2: I'd, I'd been to Wembley a few times as I say 66 and then I went, uh, went to a couple of international games uh, later on and, and it was the iconic uh, venue to, to play I had a pal who uh, played in the amateur cup final in 1967 and um, he played for Scalmsdale and one of the occasions when I went to Wembley he said make sure you enjoy it he said, and he, this guy, Colin, used to have a picture of himself coming out at Wembley and he was waving to the crowd. And this is like the Amateur Cup final, which had 100,000, equally had 100,000 people there. But he was, he, he one thing that he told me was to enjoy the, the experience and not to over, you know, to let it overwhelm you. And I remember coming out the tunnel, particularly in the 78 Cup final and actually looking around and taking it all in. Uh, it was it was amazing to, to appreciate, and I, I don't ever remember feeling intimidated by. Uh, I think I was a little bit sort of nervous of playing in the um, uh, charity shield game, where Kenny's first game in '77. Um, but I remember the European Cup final. Really enjoying the. Uh, the, the moment walking up the tunnel the tunnel was obviously mm. huge, and that walk that you you know you went old Wembley was much better than yeah. the current Wembley i mean there's yeah. without a shadow of a doubt. the tradition the the walk the you know everything about Wembley was different to anywhere else, so it was really really special so and yeah I think I think as you grow up you've either got that sort of um, uh, mentality whereby you're going to enjoy those moments or whether or not you're going to be allowed to. Over, you know, overtake you uh, and intimidate you, and uh, I have good memories of Wembley. The one thing about those days was that the the pitch uh, was perfect.
1: Yeah. And now every Premier League pitch is perfect, isn't oh, it? You know, that's yeah. the, uh, that was the big mm. difference, really. But yeah. until they did Horse of the Year show, I think once in the late sixties, yeah. and mm, they wrecked yeah. the pitch for a couple of years after yeah, that, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? But yeah. but Wembley was always, you know, pristine. It was a carpet. I thought yeah. if you can play there, and Obviously, in the 74 Cup final against Newcastle, Liverpool gave a, a football exhibition that day. You know, it was absolutely magnificent, you know? And if you look back at that, there was someone who the such football. It was incredible, wasn't it?
2: Well, growing, growing up, uh, and I grew up very local to here, you never saw a pitch like Wembley. And the nearest thing is, and from where we're sitting here at the moment, the, the Bowling Green here in Stanley Park, that was the best bit of grass we ever seen as kids. And Wembley reminded and We thought, God, you could play like on a Bowling Green. That was its, That's what I likened it to, and I still have that memory. Wembley was like the Bowling Green in Stanley Park. And uh, you never played on a surface as good as, as Wembley, as, as Peter said. So that, that was why I think it was so iconic. You know, one of the main reasons why it was so iconic, there the, was the opportunity to go on a surface and you could play the ball around like as if, you know, uh, you know, it was never going to bounce awkwardly or anything like that. It was absolutely perfection.
0: No mud, no, no mud puddles anywhere. <laughs> no, no, no mud
1: no. to be seen. No mud <laughs> no, to be I seen. Like, uh, the iconic, the twin towers. I mean, I can't believe. You know, they you saw it? Why they didn't keep them and incorporate them some way into the new Wembley way or something? I don't know. It's just madness, isn't it? You know, it's absolutely crazy.
0: Yeah. But talking about big finals, because near here he actually had a debut on one crazy match in his life. Nir, first, before you tell us about your your first live game, which I can't believe how lucky you were to go to that game. We'll get there in a minute. But how did you become a Liverpool fan growing up in Israel?
3: Um, so I think there's two questions. It's how I started to support Liverpool. but And the other question is how I become a big Liverpool. i crazy about Liverpool. A uh, Liverpool supporter. Um, the reason I got to Liverpool is I was six or seven, um, and my parents bought me a Liverpool shirt. Still have it, my first Liverpool shirt uh, when they came back from London. Um, but I think the reason I fall in love with this club is um, afterwards I started reading about the club, the city, um, the 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 culture i guess like the values that it represents um i gr- i grew up in israel now in, in the countryside in um kind of village that's called a kibbutz if anyone knows it's like a commune, communist socialist socialist um village yeah uh, so grew up on like you know working class socialist um values and reading that about the team really um connected me to the team and obviously the fans enfield I mean, it's a it's unique club, we all know that. Um, yeah, so my first game um, was Istanbul. Yeah, I How was... Lucky oh, that? Nice. yeah lucky um, Yeah, I was about to turn 13 at the time, so for the Jewish 13, it's like a big party, it's the bar mitzvah, if you know. So um, instead of having this big party, I asked my dad to go to the final. And, and
0: his dad isn't a football fan. Oh, yeah, right. my
3: dad been to the, probably, the best football, one of the best football games in history. You have no idea what was the score, if I ask him now. Uh, <laughs> and, or, or yeah. we play against. But yeah, it was it's, you have a big part of supporting me to support Liverpool. Um, yeah, I have goosebumps to speak about it. It was, yeah. I mean, it's, I think, to experience one of my best moments in life when I'm 12. What did you think at halftime? I was crying, mm. I was crying, but that that second when I heard our fans starting to sing that uh, you'll never walk alone, I'm, I have goosebumps right now, um, that second I stand and I was with tears in my eyes, started to sing that and it, it's a moment I can't forget.
2: Obviously the club has links with Israel since the signing of uh, Avi Cohen and um, mm remember in those days we only heard about signings like everybody else heard don't? about signings in the newspaper and when this headline was, you know, Liverpool have signed the Israeli Franz Beckenbauer, we thought, oh my God, you know, if this guy's being likened to Franz Beckenbauer, he must yeah. be some player and there's great stories about how he came to, uh, came over to Liverpool and, you uh, he was a great guy. He, was a, he forged this big link then with Israel. We went to Israel a couple of times. We we're very lucky to, to go over there and uh, experience it. And the amount of people, Israelis, who down the years picked up on Liverpool because of Avi Cohen, you know, who was at that time probably um, Israel's most famous player. Had Spie- M- 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 Spiegler played? Uh, he, he'd been a, a world name before Avi Cohen, but until Avi Cohen, uh, you know, hit the hit the headlights. Uh, highlights uh, it was uh, you know Israel wasn't really a, a footballing sort of nation but uh, uh, Avi's affiliation with Liverpool was, was the start of a huge sort of pick up well, in they, Israel
1: um, didn't before the 84 European Cup final didn't he go to, yeah. it, went went to, to Israel rest, didn't
2: he yeah well the, the time between the, the time be- after the season finishing and the and the, the European Cup final there has been a bit of a dead space what are the players going to do hang around here in Liverpool and you know, uh, lose their edge a little bit, silly party a little bit, because that was the nature of the. Uh, so the, the, the went to party in Israel. So they went and in Israel, <laughs> out of the, out of harm's way. Um, uh, and the the uh, is uh, the Italian press followed Liverpool over there just to keep an eye on them, and they couldn't believe. Uh, they thought, well, the European Cup final is going to be a formality because the players were uh, spent a week in Israel, partying and lying on the beach and uh, and all the things that went with Israel. Good uh, good. Tel Aviv weather, Um, it didn't turn out that way, obviously, but uh, that that worked to their advantage. Israel was a a lucky connection for Liverpool.
0: And a lucky connection for you. So you actually now decided to move to England to be close to your dear Liverpool. It's a big Um, step, moving away from everything and everyone.
3: Yeah, um, it's the second time I'm doing it, actually. Um, I was living here in 2015, between 2015 to 2017 that time I moved um, f- um, properly, just for Liverpool. Um, yeah, and it was amazing to experience that every other week it was like a dream come true. Now I was lucky enough um, to that my company will send me back to London and it's good to be back. Um, good to have these moments again, yeah and hopefully. We'll see more trophies this season, hopefully.
0: Can you try to describe the first time you came into Anfield?
3: Oh, wow, that was incredible. I think it was 2006. Um, we played Man City, Gerrard scored with a penalty. And to early you'll never walk alone in Anfield At the first time. It was, you you dream about this moment. Yeah, you dream about this moment. And I was so excited for it. And again, I was traveling with my dad. Um, Yeah, it was, again, another moment that I won't forget.
0: Can you try to put into word what Liverpool Football Club means to you?
3: That's a big question. I wasn't ready for that. (laughs) (laughs) We had a rough night last night. (laughs) it was a big night last night. Uh, A better Wednesday
0: than I can remember for a long time.
3: Um, Yeah, but for me, like I said before, for me, Football is is obviously it's more than a game, and and yeah, and I love that the the team I support. I support Liverpool back in Israel. My other team, which sharing um, the same values, Apoel Tel Aviv. So for me, it's more than football. It's it's to see that DNA of the club, the the, the fans, the stories. The it's it's part of me. I need to I need to have this kind of connection. To the team and and you know i was i was thinking about it when when there were talks of liverpool being um being sold to some kind of a check or like being super like another yeah oh super league talks being like mm. another man city or chelsea or newcastle i was thinking about it and it's like i mean it, it could really affect my my feelings, uh, uh, feelings okay, my yeah, feelings yeah. To, for for this club um, so, yeah, I'm afraid from that day. I mean, I'd rather have less success, yeah. but still keep the DNA, keep to what what's Liverpool is about.
1: Yeah. What about in Israel, like, in terms of the best supported teams? Is it...
3: At port Yeah? Yeah.
1: No, but um, is it Real Madrid, Barcelona, oh, or Liverpool, sorry. Man yeah. City? Or?
3: Um, I think it's Barcelona and Real Madrid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But More also,
1: so than the Premier League, yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, what's,
1: what's the reason for that? Is it, you think? I think like it's
3: messy and yeah. it was easier to watch La Liga than the Premier League, which was in the free channels. You yeah. have to pay to watch the Premier League. But there, there's still a good amount of um, Manu fans, Liverpool fans, mostly. Yeah. A bit of Arsenal fans. Um, yeah, but recently it's been, it's been mostly around between Barcelona. Yeah. Back in the days, uh, like you mentioned, because of Avi Cohen and also Ronnie mm-hmm. Rosenthal and Ben Ayon, you would see more Liverpool supporters.
1: It wasn't great when we won the league and Liverpool Football Club put out the, uh, the footage from all around the world, yeah. you know, from America, from, from Russia, from uh, the Middle East, from Africa, of people celebrating you know, in their own communities. It was just uh, just shows you really you know, the, you know, how immense Liverpool have become. I think since Istanbul, I think you know it really mushroomed after Istanbul, you know because of the nature of the victory wasn't it? yeah, yeah I you think know? that
2: was very much a, okay it was, it was put out there wasn't it you, you hear it likened to all kinds of different sports you know doing at Liverpool, you know, come back in in that way has been made huge sort of impact uh, about this never giving up type of message, and uh, you know when it all looks lost. Liverpool proved it can come back and that, that's really really uh, carried with the club and I suppose it's something that the club always had anyway or, Well, certainly in modern times but uh, that, that really highlighted it
0: Before we wrap up this podcast yeah. I want to talk about um, a turning point in this team's uh, history and that turning point is called uh, Virgil van Dijk <laughs> because when he came he really changed things he, he, he made us the winning team he was that missing link if you ask me And uh, playing against Leeds, he actually um, reached the record in Premier League of playing the most uh, consecutive games without losing at Anfield in the league. Well, in in the league. That's a home ground. Yeah, 59 uh, games he's played now without losing at Anfield, which is an incredible record that is held together with Lee Sharp um, from Manchester United back in the days when, when they were... Absolutely, I, I'm sorry to say, it, incredible in the '90s. Uh, and if we win, which we probably should against West Ham, this record is his to keep um, for now, anyway. Uh, what can we say about Virgil? You know, how important is this man? He was, if you ask me, outstanding again uh, last night. I think I almost a little bit fell in love with him last mm. night. He was just so. Well, cool so amazing
1: i think you know i mean you can't underestimate his impact i think you know especially after the injury because that's a that's a career threatening injury yeah um, anterior acl ligaments um, and he he's come back and he even looks even better uh, which is is hard to comprehend because nobody knew how he'd come back and doesn't seem to affect his confidence. Doesn't seem to affect his turning. Sometimes players have got to change the game when they have an injury like that. Doesn't seem to affect. I mean, he's just absolutely immense, and you can see what happened to the team when he wasn't there. You know, it was panic stations all the time, wasn't it? It was key It was Keystone Cop defending again, wasn't it? That we used to have years ago. You know. So yeah, he's he, he's vital. He's vital, and he you know, obviously uh, the, you know with him. And Allison, I think Allison was the last piece in the jigsaw, so, oh yeah you know.
0: definitely
2: yeah I, I think Van Dyke has been awesome and and uh, his performance in Milan last week was uh, was particularly outstanding uh, and you know I think over the course of the last week the the amount of times I've been asked about comparisons with uh, Alan Hansen of our day um, it, I think uh he has made an impact probably, I mean, people sort of you know, spoke so well of him in, in previous years, as Peter said, the injury then comes along, but I think he's got back to that sort of uh, strength and, and the class that he, that he was showing before he got injured. Um, he, he's vital to us, and, and, and certainly, as the, the, the figures point out, uh, his effect is, is massive, and he's kind of that extra kind of um, security. When, uh, you know, you know that he's there. Uh, there was one or two, you know, one or two occasions. That, uh, there was one case last week actually when Martinez, who is I rate very highly, was faced by Virgil Van Dijk. and it was very reluctant to take him on. And that <laughs> shows. Back to me. That, yeah, that that shows that shows you, I think, that the standing now that Van Dijk has in uh, in in football, and we've seen it in the last couple of games, even uh, at home. Uh, the weekend and also last night, um, you know, he, he has this sort of air about him that uh, that people, you know, are, are naturally fearful of of, of running him. Uh, so uh, he's been massive for Liverpool, and uh, probably it has surprised some people why he, he it took you know, uh, people to really uh, click into you know say why you know why didn't somebody else take a chance on van Dyke sort of uh, earlier because yeah. his um, his quality is 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 you know is, mm-hmm. is is superb yeah
0: and and also you know he hasn't really had the status he deserved uh, a few years back in netherlands you know the top leagues there just did not realize his potential he had to go to celtic and and try to, to prove his way that way. So he's always been battling a little bit to get that sort of status he deserves. My
2: my friend was, at, uh, my friend was um, a guest at Celtic uh, in his first days under Neil Lennon, uh, through his link with Neil Lennon. And Neil Lennon said, my pal, 10 to my pal, said he said, he won't be here long. Yeah. Uh, and amazingly, it took a long time before people really sort of latched on to the fact he was so outstanding at yeah. Celtic. And I think people, the general idea was that the quality is so ordinary up in Scotland with all due respect uh, that maybe he's just a big lad playing in a small you know in a small pool kind of thing. There's uh, certainly that feeling it was, yeah. my
1: mate's um, lad was on loan from Everton at Motherwell and we saw Van Dyke and we went oh my god he's unbelievable but it was that attitude of can he do it in the Premier League so we had to go to Southampton didn't he? Yeah. But we mm. saw when M- uh, McGinn played for uh, Hibs and mm. um, Ran over 5, 6 years. And he could see he was standing out as he could possibly do in the Premier League. And, and he has done, hasn't he? Yeah. So I think they do stand that, But I think it's that attitude because you think, well, the Scottish League's maybe... Uh, below championship quality maybe f- mm.
2: first division you know i think that's poor scouting to be honest um i think that people don't really identify i mean in the last week or so there was a couple of comments from neil warnick saying about his scout turned around and said he thought van dyke was slow well i mean what was the scout sort of uh, <laughs> oh, yes. what yeah. was he what was he looking at you know there, plenty of people looked at him at celtic i had a friend who, who was a big celtic fan and was <laughs> up in scotland and He said. and Dave, can't you tell Liverpool to come and take Virgil? You know, and I thought, well, I don't really have that influence. And uh, you think, well, if if people are seeing it, why yeah. can't they pick up on the on, on the fact? So basically, boils down to poor scouting. Yeah. It's somebody not backing their own judgment and saying, you know, let me tell you, this guy is going to be absolutely, you know, top class. Unlike the likes of how the impact Jeff Twenteman made on Liverpool all yeah, those years yeah, back when yeah. he actually you know, went and picked Clemens and Keegan and Toshak and people like that. I remember uh, when you know, people first saw Alan Hansen and Sammy Hippier, But I mean,
1: well-known Liverpoolians have come to me after the first few games, too slow them too. too? That's what mm. they used to say. But they don't understand that. They read the game so well, and that's what Virgil does. Mm. You know, They read the game so well that they don't have to be as quick as Mane they don't have to be, you know, and, and that's what Virgil does. But I think if you looked at Virgil in a in a Hundred meter sprints, he probably he probably be as fast as anyone, yeah. wouldn't he? Oh yeah. I think it's it's deceptive because he's so big. Yeah. I think that's what. I th- it I, is,
2: think, I think there's yeah I think there's a couple of things in 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 uh, in defending, and that is like that that first yard or two in in your head, you know, uh, and sometimes, and Van Dyke is maybe particularly strong over I think forty you know forty fifty yards maybe, um, but the, the thing about Alan, I'm laughing about Alan. I have this image of Alan because when he came, he came as a midfield player. Initially, and I remember one of the early training sessions at Melwood, and uh, and, and looking at him, and uh, I was quick, but I remember seeing him thinking, you know, he can he can trample a little bit, you know what I mean? He had a, he had a, he had a deceptive type of pace, and uh, I think that's what great players tend to do. You know, you have that deceptiveness about it. People think, is he really moving as quick as he you know as he could be? Um, but um, yeah, that, that's the that, that's the they're the things that set the great players apart. They make they make it look simplistic
0: I just have to um, add on a little story about uh, Sami Hippia and and, uh, scouting because I did the very last interview with Ron Yates uh, when he had started struggling to remember yeah Um, and there were all these obvious players he couldn't say much about um, but then we came to Sami Hippia because I I, um, did a book on all the Liverpool captains Mm. so I I I wanted all the other captains to say something about the other captains, Um, so when I got to Sami, he just lit up because when Sami was signed, Ron Yates was a part of the scouting team, and he was for years, wasn't he David, so um, his eyes just sparkled then, and it's one of his proudest things as a scout how they managed to sign Mm Sami. He gave us uh, 10 amazing years, didn't he?
2: And, yeah, um, He yeah. was a great captain. Yeah. Um, no, Sammy, Sammy developed. I think there was a thing about... Something made me... Um, um, uh, there was a story last week that, uh, that that sort of made me think of Sammy Hippier. But Sammy Hippier was going through a, a little bit of a tricky time when he was captain. And I remember the night that he, the captaincy was taken off him, mm. and he never looked back after that. People thought it was kind of it would floor him, but I think it was for the to his benefit. I think being captain didn't suit Sammy Hippier, really, the responsibility, and uh, obviously Stephen took it to like a, a duck to water. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sammy, it wasn't working for Sammy as captain, uh, and I think that that was the making of him actually taking that responsibility and he concentrated on his game. Obviously he got a great partnership with Henshaw as well. Mm-hmm. That that was a big that yeah. was a big part of it.
1: Yeah. I mean recently uh, the captains armband's getting passed around like it's it's <laughs> confetti, you know, just get, you know whatever, isn't it? You know, it's good to see that, yeah. isn't it? Because that means you've got leaders on the pitch, you know, and uh, it's just great to see that, you know, the armband it's not like so precious that, you know, why aren't I make ca- captain, you know? I think it's great to see that, you
2: know? Yeah, I wonder deep down though whether or not one or two would rather prefer to, to keep it on when the uh, you know they pass it away. I mean, Van Dyke looks like a captain, doesn't he? Now, it's yeah. not to say that Henderson doesn't, but Van Dyke does look like a leader, and I think that's that is to our credit now that we've we've got a number of really strong personalities in the team, which, you know, a couple of weeks ago Fabinho was captain, you know, and and he looks looks every inch a captain type of player, to me anyway. Mm. Uh, And I think the great teams have that. You know, although one man wears the armband, you've got five or six who actually could take responsibility and could have an impact on how the others play, you know.
0: Mm. Well, let's hope they all take their uttermost responsibility on Sunday and bring that cup back to Liverpool and let that be the first out of maybe four trophies this season. Um, I just know that this city is buzzing ahead of the League Cup final. We are so ready to go to London and, um, and play in a final no matter what you say Nir. <laughs> I think we can say yes please both yeah. uh, and we didn't throw you out by the way. <laughs>
3: I think one of the reasons I'm not that excited is that I don't have a ticket. Exactly. Oh. So oh, right. take this yeah, stage if so someone yeah, yeah. has a ticket. You don't want to miss out. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah and that's, that's totally it. understandable be, he's and I think <laughs> pretend <laughs> to be blasé because yeah. he's <laughs> not going like But that is the talk of town right now. Who's got a spare yeah. ticket to this league yeah. final? I it I seems know, like yeah. the whole of Liverpool is heading towards London with or without mm. a ticket. It's going to be a party in hopefully it's going to be a massive party afterwards as well. You see
1: what happens usually is a lot of the season ticket holders don't tick the box do they for the Auto Cup scheme Mm -hmm. they'll tick the FA Cup and the Champions League but not the League Cup that's why there's so much demand I think because they're thinking we want to be at that final with season ticket holders and you know that's
2: it Oh people want to be there I mean as as I said earlier we've not been there for uh, six years so um you know it's it's the chance to you know we all enjoy a day out to Wembley and it's, it's a day that we've really missed out on a uh, great time of the season to, to to be going to, it's a huge boost uh, without you know repeating ourselves but uh, we'll be there won't we Pete yeah, and uh, yeah, really yeah, we'll looking forward there. to uh, you know yeah looking forward to a great atmosphere it will be a, it'll be a party yeah. atmosphere it'll be you know
1: i think we'll outnumber chelsea oh, by one. far two by far you yeah, yeah. want no, outnumber them outnumber in the in, crowd.
0: In, in the crowd, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take yeah. 2 1 all day as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, should we yeah. do a little prediction of the score oh, at the very God.
1: end? It's yeah. tricky. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah 2 1.
2: I'll go for 2, <laughs> two one. 1. Yeah, Dang 2, two, two 1 sounds a, a, a pretty fair. Uh, I think what's going to be crucial is, you know, chances are going to be at a premium. You're not going to get loads and loads of chances. I mean, we won 6 0 last night, but missed some. You know, glaring opportunities, and I think we're going to have to show that sort of uh, the finishing that we we had at Inter Milan last week. I think uh, yeah, take the chances see, when they come our way.
1: Can't wait to see Salah on that pitch, you know, because it is, you know, it's 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 made for him, isn't
2: it? It is made yeah. for him. I don't think he's played there. Well, he hasn't played in a, in a major final, so. No.
0: And he looks so, so energetic and up for it at the moment. <laughs> he's in such form.
1: And what about Diaz? He's like, he's like unbelievable. It's yeah. like he's, he's
3: always played, been there, played isn't for it? Years. Yeah. He's played for decades wow. for Liverpool. Every game so far has been brilliant.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. he has been brilliant. He's he's, he's gonna be yeah, he's gonna be a star. Yeah. But, well, if he isn't already.
0: I think he's already a star. He's already taken over Luis Suarez' song. I love that. That's what mm. you get when you when you shoot away and don't keep your loyalty. Uh, near your prediction of the score.
3: All right, now you're definitely gonna kick me out of the room, but <laughs> <laughs> no. But we have a we have a big anti-Jinx culture in Israel, so we are not betting on our team unless we're saying they're gonna lose, so we're gonna lose. Ah,
0: so it's oh, just, eh? just saying that not to Jinx. <laughs> but I say I will say it, will say it every game. It I'm saying it every mm. game. <laughs> We're going to lose. That's, that's good, that's good, because he doesn't mean it. Uh, I can <laughs> see that in his eyes, but he's not allowed to say anything else, and I'm going for 3-1. Uh, dear Neil Rousseau, uh, David Fairclough and Peter Houten, it's been uh, lovely celebrating a 6-0 win with you guys this morning and looking forward and warming up towards Wembley or Anfield South, as we also like to call it. My name is Ragnhild Lun ansnes and I hope to see you all in Hotel Tia soon. Have a great, great uh, final, everyone. Take
3: care. Thanks very much. Pleasure to be here. Thank you.